Welcome to the Coronavirus Weekly Brief. We're your hosts. I'm David Sturman. And I'm Emily Schneider. Here are the headlines you need to know. Dr. Ashish Jha, the White House's Coronavirus Response Coordinator, said on Thursday that regulators will authorize a coronavirus vaccine for children under five years old as soon as June 21st, and that states, pharmacies, and community health centers could put their orders in as soon as Friday. Dr. Jaw shared the timeline during a White House briefing and said the preparations are contingent on the Food and Drug Administration's authorizing the doses and a recommendation from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The administration has been working with local health departments across the country and has requested that states give initial doses to children's hospitals and neighborhoods that have been hit the hardest by the pandemic. There are 18 million children under five who have not been eligible for COVID-19 vaccinations, and many parents have been frustrated by the delay. A new coronavirus vaccine developed by Maryland biotechnology firm Novavax could be approved by the Food and Drug Administration soon. Advisors to the FDA are scheduled to debate the shot on Tuesday, and if approved, it will become the fourth vaccine available in the U.S. The shot is based on an older and more familiar technology that is protein-based and is similar to the vaccines used against influenza, hepatitis B, and shingles. The Novavax vaccine can stay stable at refrigerated temperatures for longer and might be tolerated better than mRNA vaccines for some individuals, both key advantages as the world continues to live with the virus. But on Friday, an FDA review found that there were five cases of inflammation, mostly in men, within two weeks of being vaccinated in Novavax trials, raising concerns about a causal relationship. Novavax has already been approved in more than 40 countries. The BA2 subvariant of the Omicron strain of the coronavirus is now the world's most dominant form of the virus, according to the International Repository of Coronavirus Genetic Sequences, as recorded by GISAID. The BA2 subvariant accounted for a small share of the overall infections in December and January, when the original version of the Omicron variant began to overtake the Delta variant. But in February and March, the BA2 subvariant began to overtake the original Omicron variant, even as overall cases were declining. An uptick in cases in the UK and parts of Europe is being attributed to the subvariant. And experts say a new wave could also be starting in the U.S. It's unclear whether BA2 causes more severe disease or not, but vaccine makers and health experts believe that current vaccines do provide protection against it. A new study conducted in Israel shows that Pfizer's antiviral treatment, Paxlovid, reduces the risk of COVID-19 hospitalization and deaths in both vaccinated and unvaccinated patients over 65 years old. The study also found that the treatment did not prevent severe illness among younger adults. The study, which was published without peer review as a preprint on Research Square, included data from nearly 110,000 participants between January 9th and March 10th, when the Omicron variant was dominant in Israel. Researchers found that senior citizens with no prior immunity, meaning that they were unvaccinated and had not recovered from a previous COVID infection, saw an 86% drop in hospitalizations with Paxlovid. Those who had prior immunity also benefited, with a 60% drop in hospitalizations. 
Working-class Americans died of COVID-19 at five times the rate of those in higher socioeconomic positions during 2020, according to a study conducted by researchers at the University of South Florida. The study, led by Jason Salemi and published in April in the peer-reviewed International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health, found that 68% of deaths they studied were among people considered to be in a low socioeconomic position, defined as workers whose education stopped at high school, people with at least a bachelor's degree accounted for about 12% of deaths. Quote, Our results support the hypothesis that the hazardous conditions of work were a primary driver of joint socioeconomic, gender, and racial ethnic disparities in COVID-19 mortality, the researchers wrote. Working-class employees faced elevated infection risks, according to the University of South Florida's summary of the study, compared to higher-paid workers who were, quote, more likely to have fewer exposure risks, options to work remotely, paid sick leave, and better access to quality health care, unquote. Less than three weeks after announcing its first official positive coronavirus case and an, quote, explosive spread of fever symptoms that affected more than 3.7 million people, North Korea says there has been a rapid fall in new cases and a, quote, favorable turn. There is no way to corroborate the claims made by the North Korean government, and a top World Health Organization official said this week that things could actually be getting worse within the country. Michael Ryan, the WHO emergencies chief, said, quote, This is not good for the people of North Korea. It is not good for the region. This is not good for the world. We assume the situation is getting worse, not better, end quote. When the outbreak was announced, many health experts warned that the poor health infrastructure and lack of vaccines could lead North Korea to become a breeding ground for new variants. It's unclear why North Korea announced the spread of the virus, but it is assumed that it is because it could no longer be contained at the local level. Leader Kim Jong-un has provided unusually detailed information about the number of infections and deaths. But then this week, state media reported that authorities, quote, positively assessed control of the virus and planned to ease restrictions. Quote, if North Korea's figures are accurate, its fever cases sank to below 100,000 in recent days, a significant drop from nearly 400,000 in late May, according to a report by the Washington Post. A new study by the Kaiser Family Foundation, published on May 27th, finds that COVID misinformation is still fueling fears around pregnancy. The New York Times writes of the study's findings, quote, the steady bombardment of coronavirus misinformation during the pandemic has left nearly one-third of American women who are pregnant or who plan to become pregnant believing at least one falsehood about coronavirus vaccinations and pregnancy, adding, quote, a higher share were unsure whether to believe the myths, unquote. The study polled 1,500 people, 900 of whom were women, in English and Spanish in May. The Times notes, quote, the three false statements used in the Kaiser survey were pregnant women should not get the COVID-19 vaccine, it is unsafe for women who are breastfeeding to get a COVID-19 vaccine, and the COVID-19 vaccines have been shown to cause infertility. The Times notes that although pregnant women were at greater risk from covid Quote, about 30% of pregnant women in the United States remain unvaccinated, according to estimates from the CDC. To see our daily brief, go to the address in our show notes and follow us on Twitter, at New America ISP. The Coronavirus Weekly Brief was produced by Shannon Lynch and Jason Stewart and was edited by Shannon Lynch. The podcast is brought to you by New America and Arizona State University.